This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I break down the awesome weekend we had of college football. We talk about a high stage struggle with Maryland. We talk about USC scarily almost losing to Arizona. And we also talk about the big game of Oklahoma beating Texas. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And we are here alive and well. How are you doing there, Mr. Burris? How how are you doing on this fine Wednesday as we're recording this, I guess, late afternoon for you? How are you doing? Yeah, we're hanging in there, man. Um, MLB playoffs have been pretty exciting to watch up to this point. Oh, that's true. <laughs> NHL, little, NHL is underway, correct? The NBA will start in a couple weeks, and then we'll have all four major uh, sports leagues going on and, at once. And you know what's crazy right now, Josh, is the fact that uh, you play one of my coaches this week in fantasy college football. Fun fact, Josh hasn't logged on since, what did you tell me before the show started? Since week, since week one, <laughs> I made my lineup up on the first week, and and yet he's still, yeah, he's still three and three. What a talent Josh Burris is! What Too much manager. work to do in fantasy football in the NFL, man. Too much work over there to do. See, all I know is, man, I'm dominating college football. I might suck at every other fantasy, but I got that down pat. Um, it does help when you have, you know. Mac players that are lighting it up against Mac teams. It really helps your scores. Um, but no, in general, uh, it's awesome to have you here, Josh, and everyone listening, because, you know, we're back and back in action this week. But we did want to bring up a couple of things. Uh, first, I think, you know, Josh and I, we, if you saw on our, our uh, Instagram story, we did post about the just the situation going on in Israel uh, right now. Uh, obviously, I'm in Europe, so it, it's it's a lot more louder, I guess here, not like visually or audibly, but like just the news is circling. Obviously people are coming here from Israel to, to escape everything. But I think Josh can say, uh, as long with, uh, with, with me, uh, our prayers are for people in Israel, um, uh, for, you know, God chosen people. And, and for me, uh, my, my cousin-in-law, uh, he has family still in Israel. So again, prayers for them and, um, prayers for everyone there in there. Anything you'd like to say on that there, there, Josh? No, just, uh, yeah. Looking out for the innocent. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of, a lot, a lot of, of bloodshed. So a lot of bloodshed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that's what's going on. So we do want to, we did want to start out with that, uh, as we go to show. Um, and then, um, yeah, let's, let's move into some college football. Before we get into college football, though, Josh, uh, the guy you're playing in fantasy this week did tell me, by the way, that he ran into, in the Toronto airport, he ran into the guy who runs Nelk Boys. Like, the the guy. I don't even know his name because I'm not good with names like that. But you could probably tell me, though, one of the main guys. He, uh, no, I can't either. If it's on. not... Um, it's um, hey, if it's not Steve, if it's not Kyle... It's, it's not, one of the guys. It's one of the guys that like is on the 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 actual show like every every week. Well, that's two of the guys. Yeah, or whoever it is. So, anyways, all I'm saying is is he has the connection now, and so I'm saying maybe we can get him because they're like hooked up, I guess, past cross paths or what, I don't know how they connected, but they said they would reconnect possibly in the future. So hey, who knows? Maybe we could be a part of the Nelk Boys podcast. You can do <laughs> it. Hey, you can do it too. You can do it, Josh. You can do it. Um, no, in general, uh, I thought that was very interesting. But no, college football, Josh, it was a wild weekend. And I just want to point out, this guy was right about Oklahoma and Texas. I'm just going to point out right now. Called it. I can tell you 
that the reason Oklahoma won is exactly the reason I said was the only way they could win. I just didn't think it happened. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel showed up, had a big game true, right man. after I took him out of my Heisman rankings. <laughs> Texas, who I said would destroy the battle at the line of scrimmage, could not get a touchdown on four straight plays on the goal line. Nope. <laughs> and then a slow start by Quinn Ewers didn't help either. So block. Yeah. The, the, the plan or the, I guess, the path for an Oklahoma victory that I described did happen. Yeah. I just didn't think it happened. So, so I'm going to so, give myself yo, 50% credit. Okay, fine. You can get 50% credit. Let's do talk about that Oklahoma Tech game. Um, we'll start there and we'll kind of go through a recap and then we'll preview this coming week. But Oklahoma, Texas, I think we both knew there was going to be a shootout. I think a lot of people thought, for some reason, a lot of people were saying it wasn't going to be a shootout. But I'm like, guys, it's the Big 12. Let's everybody's be up, everybody's <laughs> always going to score 30 plus in that game. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's just the way it's going to happen. Um, what was your more, most shocking part of that game? Was there something in that game that really just kind of like, I guess maybe not necessarily didn't see it happening, but it was just like, wow, this is cool to see, or this is a, a very great play or, or whatever. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess that Oklahoma maybe has some, some merit to their season so far because coming in, we didn't really know what Oklahoma yeah. looked like or what they really are because they hadn't played anybody. And even at this point in the season, there still are a handful of teams that haven't played anybody that there's just a lot of unknown about. But yeah. in those games, we knew that Oklahoma had struggled again, or not against the run, but to run the football. They've really yeah. been relying on Dylan Gabriel, which is why his numbers are as big as they are. And we also weren't really sure about uh, the line of scrimmage and the defense. Those are things that have been issues with Oklahoma in the past. But I think we learned from the Texas game that um, they handled themselves or have been handling themselves pretty well uh, going in back to last season when you lost 49 to nothing and you were trying to rebuild if you're Brent yeah. Venables from uh, Lincoln Riley tearing your team apart in the transfer portal. You win six games and then just a year later now you're the, the number five team in the country coming off a big win against Texas yeah. still undefeated. And wouldn't it be something if Oklahoma and Brent Venables made a playoff before Lincoln Riley and USC did? Which is a very, and I know we'll talk about USC here in a bit. It's smooth very, sailing for Oklahoma it, at this point. It's, it, and it's, it's a very realistic possibility. And also, I think I look at this game, man, and I thought, Dylan Gabriel, by the way, he's my backup QB in fantasy. I mean, I have Bo Nix and him, man. I'm, I'm set. But uh, no, Dylan Gabriel looked, uh, he looked like what they were hoping for. Again, I love what um, some of these other people like Joel Cladden stuff said, like a lot of people thought he was going to come in and just be that guy. Like he came back for another year, could kind of maybe be that, Maybe that guy that's like he's a system guy. He'll get he'll get what you need and kind of get done. But man, he's he he balled out, man. Like he's the I think he's the first quarterback to run for a hundred yards, I think, or something like that, and pass for two hundred fifty, something like that. It's in this rivalry game, I guess, which is kind of crazy. But you know, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, by the way, that last play. I mean, how do you let a guy leak in the back of the end zone? Is is just beyond me when you're by the way the fact they had to go down the whole field is just still like uh, okay yeah texas defense is not as good as what we said and i and i did say that last week i said I, i'm still waiting to see a full thing for texas like can we see them put it together against a, a really good and you know a pretty good offense and, and all, all the way together because let's be honest alabama is not at that same level offensively um now, Oklahoma did lose uh, Anthony, a uh, transfer from Michigan, was their leading receiver, which is going to hurt them, I think, coming through the next few games. But, no, I think Oklahoma played phenomenal. Uh, again, just showed you 
Brent Venables is the guy and, uh, and maybe you're going to start seeing the old Oklahoma come back. Um, but yeah, and I think that was what was an awesome game. Uh, I know we'll talk about high state, but let's let's move into that. Um, maybe there's some other games, but do you want to talk about USC next since we kind of mentioned them? Yeah, we can talk a little bit about okay. them. Uh, this... what, what was your thoughts on this game? Because I, by the way, I woke up by the way at like seven a.m. on that Sunday, and the game was still going on. So I just turned it on on my laptop because I thought it was hilarious. The game was I still see. going on. I did not stay up to watch that. I watched the first quarter and. I didn't think that Arizona was going to pull a win off or anything, even because it's their backup quarterback and stuff. But we're starting to see just how big of an issue this USC oh, defense dude, really so is. Bad, and it's so as bad. they're starting to get into Pac-12 play, it obviously to start the season out of conference, the offense was going to look incredible and the defense was going to look maybe a little bit better than what it was. But we hadn't even gotten into the meat of the schedule yet. Yeah. But Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona have all been – able to handle themselves against this yeah. this USC defense. And I can't wait to see this matchup against Notre Dame. I can't Which wait I, to ooh. see them go against uh, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. It, yeah, it and could if, be very, It could be very bad time for them. And the thing is, if Notre Dame runs the ball like better than they did, more like what they did against Ohio State, then I don't see how USC stops it. But also, it's kind of funny that the, the defense coordinator for USC is a former defense coordinator at Ohio State. There's a reason why Ohio State fired him after one year. There's a reason. This is the obvious what reason. What is the reason that Lincoln Riley brings him everywhere he goes? I have no idea, and it drives me nuts. But I, I, I this is my thing, right? I think, look, we can talk about Lincoln Riley being a great offense head coach, right? It was the same thing with Ryan Day. Until you figure out the defense, your offense can be a phenomenal def- uh, offense. And it's kind of funny because USC fans remind me a lot of Ohio State fans, right? They're happy when they they win 49-25 to or 49-24, to Right. But then as soon as, you know, you look at a high state, it was the same way for the last couple of years. You know, they win 56 to 20, 24. They're like, wow, this is a great win. But then they win, you know, 23 to three against Indiana. You're like, oh man, this team sucks now. Right. Like it's, it's funny how a good defense can kind of change that, that, that opinion and maybe a struggling offense. But wouldn't it be crazy to think that this USC team could be, let's say, five and five and four going in the 10th game of the year? And you're sitting here going, I I know, I don't, no, no, I don't think that. But what I'm saying is, is with this defense, it is, it, look, I can, I see them losing to Washington. Yes. Can I see them losing to Notre Dame? Yes. If Notre Dame shows up offensively, so to show up like what they did last week, I I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't think so. But so those, those, you know, those are reasonable. UCLA pulled, pulled off a win this past week, a good win. It's a good team. It's a solid coach team. That's possible. Uh, they play Oregon, correct? Yeah, they play Oregon. So I think Oregon's on the schedule. Yeah, so they play Oregon, right? Like that. There's at least out of there, you can see at least two losses, maybe more. I'm not saying they're going to lose four games, but I would not shock me. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that USC sucks because they do have the the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, but the offense only takes you so far. We saw that with Ohio State. We've seen that with other teams. The offense can only take you so far. TCU the same thing. There's a point when you need to play defense. And if you cannot play defense, you cannot win championships. It's just the matter of fact. What does Oregon do well, Josh? They're a balanced football team. They play good offense. They play good defense. What same with Washington? Their defense is not great, but it's a solid defense. You know, Oregon State, these kind of teams, like they're playing good enough defense to get you to win games. Ohio State, a decent defense. Georgia, obviously a good defense. Michigan, so on. So Again, I'm not saying they're going to lose four games, but it would not shock me if they finished like eight and four, nine and three. 
They end the year, like we said, at Notre Dame. They host Utah. They go to Cal, host Utah's Washington, go to Oregon, host UCLA. Dude, they like, dude, don't don't count out. Not many tougher don't count stretches out, don't, in college football yeah, than that. Don't count out California. They're decent this year. Don't count out Utah. We all know what happens when you count out Utah. They decide to just come in and <laughs> take a win. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fascinating scenario and. That, like you have to agree with me though. Like Grinch is fired after this year, right? Like if they if they lose like three games, there's no way you keep them around. They right? lose three games and the offense is scoring 30, 40 plus and the defense is allowing 40, 50 plus. I I think you gotta that's a change that you gotta make if you're Lincoln Riley. It's a change that Ryan Day finally made. Yeah, with, he made, yeah. Uh Jim Knowles and we'll I mean it looks like that's panning out here in year two, but yeah, if you're Lincoln Riley, you're gonna have to go and get a guy like you're in. You're about to go into the Big Ten, where defense yeah. is much more prioritized in that I mean, conference. Look than at the top. Well, look at the top three. Ones. Top three teams, right? Michigan has as averaging given up six points a game. Penn State's given up nine points. Ohio State's given up ten points. Those are the top three scoring defenses in the in the college football. And USC's about to go in there, and you're gonna compete with giving up thirty points a game. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, very especially well. when uh, Dan Landing's making making offensive and defensive exactly. lines priorities over at Oregon. Like yeah. you don't, you can't fall behind on that. Exactly, side. exactly. So moving on from the USC Arizona, obviously Arizona winning that game, but uh, losing that game. But Arizona played phenomenal, by the way. That Cohen or Cohen, that that dude had four touchdown receptions. He was he was amazing in that game. The reason they lost is because they had to go for two point conversions, and then USC just decided to do like an all out blitz and just said try to beat us um but yeah that that game was close not as close it's closer than it should have been what are some other games there josh that caught your eye that you're like hey we should talk about well i think the notre dame lost too that and was rough dude. Let's just, I think that, that was like the third tough game in a row man like they, i think they were going to lose at one point. they've had three straight night games at home against ohio state you go to duke and then you go to louisville and i don't think that was a stretch Smart. that we anyone thought was going to be tough yeah. Before the season started, True. as it ended up being. And then you go, now you're going to play USC. <laughs> USC at home at night. <laughs> but yeah, that Notre Dame game, man, I don't, I, everything that I would have expected to be the case, Notre Dame owning the line of scrimmage didn't happen. Uh, didn't have, only had 44 yards on the ground. Same, uh, you're plus four in the turnover margin. Like everything. Bad. And there was a lot of ba- uh, a couple bad penalties too that took away some scores and yeah. it gave the game away, plain and simple. Yeah, it it was just not the Notre Dame we saw against Ohio State, nor the next week either. Like, I think this team just, I think you know, like that moment when you start seeing a team like hit that wall, and like I don't know if this is the wall that's impassable, but it really looks like a wall that's going to be really tough. Like they're going to have to get around this, and if they beat USC, then they're right back on track. They lose USC, then you're starting to ask questions. What's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we will. We can we talk a little bit about this USC Notre Dame matchups? Yeah, week, sure. Why like, not? Basically, yeah, talk about both it. teams last week. Yeah, yeah. I think this is actually a great time for Notre Dame to get back on track, and I'm going to go too. ahead and say they win this game. I already had a prediction written down on my on my phone, and I'll tell you what it is. The prediction was: I say Notre Dame wins. I'm going to say like 35 to 31. Like I still think USC puts up points because I think USC has that good of an offense, but I I just don't like watching this USC defense last week against Arizona, second string quarterback, a team that's not that good. 
I don't see them stopping the run. I really don't see them stopping the run. And I also don't see them stopping Hartman just carving them up with a with really good tight ends, by the way, with two really good tight ends that are going to just split this defense in the seams. So I think Notre Dame comes out on top 35-31. Uh, I just see a lot of uh, strengths and weaknesses in this one that favor Notre Dame. Yeah, so agreed. those three games that we mentioned that they've played, they've gone against the third, the fourth, and the 22nd uh, ranked defenses in college football, scoring yep. defenses. And they're about to go to USC, who's ranked 79th. Notre Dame, I believe, is fifth in explosive plays, so 20 yards or more. And USC's defense ranks 130th in explosive plays. How many allowed. teams are there in the uh, FBS there, Josh? There were 130. I think there's like 132 or 134 oh, now. So, so like the worst, basically. Very much the worst at it, yes. Uh, USC has the third best pass offense, but Notre Dame has the third best pass defense. And also like so US, strength on strength right there to yeah. keep an eye on. Cause I mean, that's how USC is winning games is Caleb Williams up to this oh, point. Yeah, for so, sure. Caleb Williams is going to have to win this game. I'm, I think again. Yeah. It, it kind of, doesn't it kind of feel, feel like a, a Bryce young situation with Alabama last year where like yeah. Bryce young had to win game after game for Alabama. That feels the same way for USC. Never uh, underestimate uh wounded animal mode too because oh, yeah. Notre Dame is coming off that tough road loss. They're going to be in their home stadium at night again. And they don't want to lose again at night. They don't want to lose. Don't want to lose again at night. No, for everybody to see uh, can't happen. Um, we've seen it. I'm trying to think of who it was. Uh, Ole Miss with LSU, kind of the same true, situation, yeah. come off and get a, a big win over there in a, in a shootout with them. And yeah, I think we're going to see a, a much more motivated Notre Dame team. And if it's a team that like lays down and just gets blown up by 30 points, what a disappointment, man. Yeah. What a disappointing season already be like three losses at this point. You still got to play Clemson. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But I, I again, I just see I, I don't see USC coming out on top on this. Like, I, I just really don't. It's hard for me to look and go. USC is going to win this game. I, yeah. I it's too hard. Like if it was at home, okay, maybe it's been close too but... many times with teams that they're way better than. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's definitely something to be looking out for. Josh, what is another game this from this past weekend that you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the Bucks or do you want to talk uh, about? Well, since you rubbed it in my face about being wrong about Oklahoma, Texas, I want to uh, rub it in your face that uh, you were wrong about Ohio State scoring sixty plus on Maryland and. The fact that they were actually, I think, trailing at halftime. Were. What were you? No, they were. They were not. Tra- they were. They were not trailing at halftime. It was tied. It was tied. They were not winning at halftime. Ref- but they rephrasing. weren't trailing though. They weren't All trailing. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm. Important rephrase. They were not even winning <laughs> at halftime. What was going through watching this game? Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I was very frustrated in that first first quarter, right? Like no one was awake. I mean, the offense looked dreadful, by the way, this whole game. And I want to say this now, this whole game, the offense line sucked. Like, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. If you watch this and Joel Klatt does a great job of like breaking it down. They never got to the second level. Now, if any of you've ever coached before, or you've been on the sidelines, you know, offense coordinator or anything like that, like what I've done this past year, like, you know, the success of a good running game is getting to that second level. Those backers for Maryland were just like in a fe- feasting mood. Like, any time that they saw a backer, they would go get it. They would go get him because the the line wasn't getting up to their blocks. Um, now, some would say, "Well, he got sacked, you know, three times." I'm like, "Yeah, but two of those sacks were McCord's fault in the first half. He didn't throw the ball away. He held it for like 20 seconds. Like I'm like, dude, just throw the ball away. You don't got anything. Let it go or run. Get what you can." Um, so yeah, I, I to be honest, that first half was ugly. Like if if literally if. If they do not get the pick six, if I see does not get that pick six, 
it's a lot different game. It's a lot different feeling game going into half. It would be like, let's say it'd be 10-3, maybe 14-3. to um, Then obviously Maryland gets a touchdown pretty early on in the third quarter, and then it'd be 17-3. to And you're talking like this is kind of chaos mode for Iowa State. Um, but in that first half, you did see some 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 light coming into the – after that pick six. Um, look, the run game never got going. They had the lowest run total in a win since 2003. They had 62 yards rushing. Um, that that's not helping Ohio State, right? And that's not going to get you to win many games in the late in the season. Um, but I will say the defense just they defense like they do, they bend but don't break. Man, this defense, they don't get sack numbers. I think they're ranked like 117th in sacks. But what they do do is they play amazing pass defense and they're very good at at filling those holes and where they have to, right? And that that's what they did. Right. Like the, the running back started beating them up a little bit in the first half, but uh, Tagovailoa did not have a great game. The first half he did pretty well, but the second half was just clamped down. He obviously threw a second pick in the second half to Ransom, who had a great game. Um, JT Tulamalau also had a really good game just overall. Um, some good individual performances. Uh, Sonny Styles made another heck of a play when he ran across the field to tackle uh, Tagovailoa. Um, but honestly, I really want to focus on that second half because Kyle McCord realized, I think, early on that, okay, this was a game that's going to be on his shoulders. And what do you do when the game's on his shoulders, Josh, and you have to throw it? Who are you going to throw it to? What's that guy that you can throw to that's going to just make every freaking play? Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. As as Gus Johnson would say, marvelous Marvin Harrison Jr. And... um the catch he made, I don't know if you saw the catch on the sideline where he was fading out of bounds, catches it, puts one foot inbounds, and then cuts back into the middle of the field. That that was just mind-boggling of how he did that. Um, obviously, Emeka Babuka uh, got hurt. Um, so we don't know his timetable. He could be out for this week. If you're smart, Ryan Day, just keep him out. Um <laughs> But obviously, Marvin had a great game. Eight catches, rock 163 yards. He had that touchdown that was called back. And then the next play, they're like, okay, fine. We'll throw it back to him again. Um, but yeah, Kyle McCord played phenomenal. Uh, he played like a, a starting quarterback for Ohio State. Um, he did phenomenal in that second half. Um, even though the run game never got going, he realized he had to win it with his arm. Um, my favorite play, though, was that, which is so funny, that Maryland bit on a on a fake reverse and then got scorched down the seam by by Stover. Like Maryland went from the first half to forcing Ohio State to run to and stopping the run to the second half. Like okay, we'll load eight in the box, force you to pass. Like the worst decision you can make. But um, I hope that sums it up. But that's what I was thinking. Does that make sense, Josh? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think we we learned that um, Maryland is a pretty good team. Yeah, they're a pretty too. good we, team, man. They're we knew that they team. were coming in undefeated, but their strength of schedule was pretty garbage. Terrible. But overall held their own with the Buckeyes. Yeah. Uh, everything that you pointed out, though, yeah, I think we're learning that Ohio State run blocking. It's rough. I, I don't know. That's going to be really rough, yeah, when you got to play Penn State and Michigan, yeah. especially when I don't know how you feel about counting on Kyle McCord to win you a game like you could with C.J. Stroud, but you would I mean, really he did do like it against to Notre Dame. He did do it against Notre Dame. So. With the, yeah, the final drive, he – he did get that, led him onto that, but still to, to maybe have to do no. that a couple more times this year. I just don't know. And I know Travion didn't play in this yeah, game that was either. Yeah, big, big thing too. But still, you you would like to see your, your offensive line be able and, to open up runs up the yeah. middle, and we're well, still even, waiting to see that. Well, even what Ryan Day said, like Ryan Day came out today and said, like, the 
you know, they were like, well, are you going to make changes in the offensive line? He's like, well, the second string guys aren't pushing the number one guys. Like they're not pushing for that spot. Like there, there's, there's a big gap, which kind of scares me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's like, he's saying this is as good as we got. Yeah. And, and I guess for me, um, I think part of it too, is you have to mix it up a little bit. Like don't, you know, we might have to get rid of, get away from the zone run block block scheme, right? Like that's what they're good at. I get it. That's what they're used to. But sometimes just when they did get yardage, like with Mayan Williams and with, and with, um, with some of these other backs is like, they just did the power run game, right? Like they lined it up, they ran it down the people's, you know, Maryland's throw got six, seven yards. Like sometimes you just have to go away from something that's not working um, or set up screens or just do things to get kind of a run. Um, right. It's still funny that Kyle McCord threw for 320 yards when he had a minus 18 yard uh, completion. I don't know if you saw that play. Did you see that play? Mm-mm. So he got like chased around and then like avoided a sack. He's like, he's like 18 yards behind this line of scrimmage. Cause he's like running around trying to cr- keep the play going. And like, um, chip train is like standing there and he flips it forward to trip train him and chips like, okay. And then he gets tackled for the loss of minus 18. So chip trainer had one catch for negative 18 yards. Yeah, so he should have just dropped it or swatted it. Yeah. I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, but I get it. He's like, Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that that's what I would say about that. Um, again, I think there's gotta be some change here and philosophy. And, and I think Purdue's a great game to do that. Now, the only thing I want to say about that, I want all Buckeyes fans to just breathe real quick because we know the last four times, Last couple times we went to Purdue, 2018, got destroyed by Rondale Moore. Somehow, I don't know how that game happened. Then we've lost in oh, we lost in 2011, we lost in 09, and we've lost in 2000 at Purdue. So just know, since 2000, we've had four different head coaches lose at Purdue. Um, so I'm just saying, Buckeye fans, you never know what happens in October. So let's just be ready. Let's go out and put the nails to the coffin. And by the way, I'm, since we're going to talk about Ohio State, I'm predicting an Ohio State victory, a more modest, Josh, more modest this week. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31 to, I'm going to go 10. I, I just, I think the defense will show up again. So I'm going to go 31 10. What do you got? I think the def- I think the defense will show up as well. Uh, the one thing about this year's Purdue team is that there's really not like star power on it, yeah, like you mentioned. True. Guys like Rondell Moore, and they've had David Bell in the past, and they've had some quarterbacks that can really sling it. And so far this year, it doesn't look like they they really have that. So yeah. I'm a, I'm feeling confident if I'm an Ohio State fan to win at least this trip to Purdue. Uh, that one's going to be going on at the same time that Michigan's playing Indiana. That's going to be, a, I think, two two kind of bloodbath yeah. games. Not, Michigan's not looking good, exciting. by the way. Michigan's they're looking real up. good. They're heating up. They're they're getting some things figured out too. But yeah. unlike Ohio State, they're really not going to go through any tests until no. the end of the season. So No. That's the other annoying part. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, any other games you want to talk about for last week, or do you want to focus on maybe some matchups this week? Um, I think the only other one worth mentioning is the Bama Texas A&M game, just because of the way yeah. that Alabama won the football game with yeah. over 300 yards from Jalen Milrow and a multi-touchdown game from Jermaine Burton of all people. <laughs> like that, we haven't seen Alabama. We, well, we didn't think Alabama could win a football game That's like true. that. We we really didn't. <laughs> and. What do you know? They go over to Kyle Field, and I mean, it is only 26 to 20, I think, was the final score. It was a close win, but 
we thought that if Bama was going to win this game, it was going to be because they finally figured out how to maybe run the football where it was because Jalen was finally going to, uh, you know, explode and, and push the limits and have a game that he's never really had before. Yeah. And I was even thinking that Texas Santa might be able to win this game just because of we how both great they are rushing the yeah. They're, they were right up there at the top for sack rate, and Alabama's offensive line this year has been terrible, uh, allowing some of the worst sack percentages and also contributing to them not being able to run the football. But they come out of here with a, yeah. a big win, and maybe and maybe like uh, like Michigan, they're they're figuring it out too. Like that rest of the college football should have gotten them while they had the chance. Yeah, they but didn't. right now, I mean, the the games coming up with LSU, Tennessee that we we thought might be losses preseason, they're not really looking all that scary either. No, there's so a good Bama, chance. Yeah, Bama could run the table in the SEC. And now, sure now that, that Texas loss is looking a little worse than what it was the last few weeks. The Texas loss, I, I don't know, man. I, I still think that Texas is a great team. If they can, no, I agree. Win, yeah, but I'm just saying. if they can, if they can win a rematch with Oklahoma and the Big Twelve Championship, both of them coming in with. Even if Oklahoma comes in with one loss, I yeah. think that's that's really good for Texas at that point. Still a good football team, but yeah, we we th- we both I think had Texas one and, and two in in our power rankings. Yeah. So yeah, I imagine they're not going to be there anymore. On your end, they're not going to be there on my end. So yeah, it has not been as impressive, but still an impressive loss, I guess. If you are going to yeah. lose to anybody, that's true on your schedule. That was going to be their toughest game, we thought. Yeah, and so now we got to talk about this coming week. Uh, we've already covered, obviously, USC game in Notre Dame. We've covered Ohio State versus Purdue. Any other games you want to you want to chalk up and and talk about a little bit here? Yeah, I think we got a couple other ranked matchups that are worth mentioning. Starting off with Oregon and Washington, that's number seven game, versus dude. number eight. That's going to be so fun. Washington is the home team. We're starting to get like we mentioned with uh, USC's remaining schedule, we're going to start seeing all these Pac-12 powers really go at it. And what do we say? They were all going to start knocking each other off. That's just kind of the way. This it... is typically what happens. Yeah, the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself. Very rarely do they have that one elite team that rises to the top. And Oregon might be that oh, team, though. Oregon could be. I, I feel really good about them. Uh, their defensive rankings way higher than what we see at Washington. I think Washington's like 93rd and either total defense or scoring defense right now. And while we haven't seen Oregon go against like a really elite offense, we saw them hold Colorado to six, but obviously Colorado has the weaknesses on the line and Oregon just overpowered yeah. them over there. We've seen them uh, struggle a little bit against Texas tech in week two, but then you, I mean, even Washington has had their struggles too. Like we mentioned USC struggling with Arizona against their backup quarterback this last week and Washington went through the same thing the week before going against Arizona Arizona's back a quarterback and that's just a one score win for Washington too yeah I but I mean Michael Penix Bo Nix these are two guys that we have in our uh in our Heisman rankings one of them is gonna have to you know really stand out here I think uh Oregon being one of the better running teams in the country too uh Bo Nix doesn't have to be as spectacular but yeah. This this game I think is going to be on Michael Penix's shoulders just because of the the weaknesses on Washington's defense and then I don't know if it's that Washington can't run the football but they definitely do prefer to throw it with Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of the old air raid from the, you know, late 2000s where it was just like they didn't run the ball. It run for like what 35 40 yards, 60 yards and then they would right. just throw for a 400. Um yeah, I, I'm interested to see this game because I'm saying, like, is Oregon's defense that legit, right? Like, I think this is the first test we're going to see. Is Oregon's defense a legit top, 
you know, 20 defense, 25 defense. Um, let's also see what Bo Nix does, you know, against good competition. I mean, obviously, he's seen some decent competition, but see him do some things. Michael Penix, can he bring that Washington team truly to? Because listen, let's be honest. If Washington wins this game, they are the team, I think, to beat in the Pac-12. And it's the same with Oregon. I think whoever wins this game is kind of in that driver's seat of like, hey, we are the team. Now everyone has to come, to come beat us. Um so again, I, I think I'm very interested to see how the, the what, who wins the upfront battle, right? Like who who wins that? We've we've know Washington in the past had a good defensive line. Where how good is it this year, right? Like how good is Oregon's you know offense and defense line? We know that Lanning is trying to build that up. So um, I'm very interested to see what happens here. Um, what are your thoughts on the outcome of this game? Who do you really feel like is going to come out on top uh, in that score prediction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know Washington's the home team here, but there's just a a lot to like in Oregon. I think, and I'm I think I'm gonna lean Oregon in this one. Ooh, what what do what do you think the score? What do you, what do you think that score is gonna be? Is it gonna be a shootout? Think, I don't know if it's necessarily gonna be a shootout. I think I think both teams will probably score in the 30s, but uh, give me give me Oregon in this one, and I think they're gonna just make a couple more stops here. I think that uh. Not that Michael Penix, like we said, can't have a game where he throws 400 yards yeah. and four touchdowns because he's done it before. Uh, actually, uh, the betting favorite for the Heisman going into this game, I believe, uh, took is over. It, is it still him? Caleb Williams. I think it's still him. Yeah, I think he's like plus 200 or something like that. But I don't know if this game is going to – I mean, this is a big game for that yeah. too, for, for that ranking. So, yeah, like I said, Oregon – I'm going to go ahead and take them. I think I like them better defensively in this one. I like them better running the football in this one. I like them better on the line of scrimmage in this one. So, yeah, go ahead and give me Oregon. Uh, Oregon by one score, I'm going to say. I'm going to say I'm going to give a total here because we all know Josh doesn't like giving score predictions. So I will give a score prediction because I'm cool. Um, no, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to say Oregon comes out on top. I, I wanted to say Washington, but Josh, I'm with you. I just don't know if I trust this Washington defense. I, I, do, I just don't. I, 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 and especially since Washington doesn't run the ball. What if Oregon shuts down the pass? We have no idea what Washington does at that point. Um, so I'm going to go Oregon actually by two scores. I'm going to say Oregon scores. I'm going to think it's going to be 42 to 28. I'm going to see a 42 to 28 game. All right. I know your fantasy team will be happy to see Bo Nix play all four quarters. I mean, of too. course. Yes, because he never plays four quarters for my fantasy team. He plays like three. Yeah. And I'm like, great, great. Thanks for giving me 25 points, Bo. <laughs> you got me 35. Man, so we got a couple of other top 25 matchups, too, that I think we'll be interested to see outcomes of. We're going to see uh, Miami over at North Carolina now. Now, Miami, uh, <sighs> I don't there, know what you want to dude, call it. What a can we talk? Can we talk about that? I, I know we're, we didn't, we're not talking. It wasn't, about yeah, it wasn't we a game that we're going to talk about, but yeah, that is their first loss the of the dumbest, season oh to Georgia tech at home. And so what yeah, did you think about that play? Now, did you watch the highlight? Like, did you like, if you know, my friend I was watched watching the sequence, it live. So I watched my, the sequence. I didn't okay. watch it live, but I watched the fumble. I mean, you can say what you want about it, whether it was a fumble or not, whether they, you know, properly reviewed it, whatnot. You can blame the defense for letting Georgia Tech march down the field, but all you have to do in that situation is just kneel it, and then none of that happens. And Mario well, Cristobal has owned that since. But well, yeah, what what a what a disappointing way to lose dude, a game. You could have gone in this game undefeated. Well, first off, dude, if you're the running back, you know that they're going to try to strip the ball. Like you know this. And also, dude, go down like a yard after the play. Like after you get to the line scrimmage, you just fall down. Like there, there's no need to get extra yards. 
Like, and it felt like we were in Madden, right? Where you're trying to get the extra seven yards to get like a certain, you know, XP goal or whatever. But to me, I was sure. just like, it just, I mean, you can, it was dumb, man. It was just, it, I have a friend that's a Miami fan and he said like, he was literally like almost crying. Like, he's just like sitting there like, what are we doing? Even the announcer was like, you know, they could just kneel the clock out. Like, and I, mm-hmm. like, if you looked at the sideline, it didn't even look like Mario Cristobal knew what was going on. Kind of looked like he was confused what was happening. Like I don't he know. Had no idea that was the it play was that weird, they were man. Maybe they, maybe the quarterback just changed it, man. Maybe the quarterback was like, "Dude, we're getting, we're gonna get some yards here." Um, but what a way to lose that game, man. Like, and also, what a way to lose that and also game. the fact, but also the fact that the next play, dude, you just have to play soft coverage. Don't let anything deep. What happens? They run a crossing route from one side of the field to the other, and he's wide open. <laughs> Mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Mind yep. I didn't think that we would get into that, but yeah, apologies to the Miami fans that had to relive uh, through that again, <laughs> but <laughs> definitely worth bringing up because now you have to go to North Carolina. Oh, and dude, that's be, North Carolina has a lot of talent. North Carolina, North Carolina is undefeated this year. And while they haven't uh, gotten, I don't think they've had a ranked win yet, but they have won by multiple scores against teams like South Carolina, yep. against Pitt, against Syracuse. Um, Miami is going to be the first ranked team they've faced all year. Uh, at least it's going to be on their home field. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking, Ben? Um, I know that, uh, North Carolina is one of those teams that most of us didn't think would be undefeated at this point, just because of issues on the defense, yeah. but the defense actually hasn't been so bad the last couple of games. They've allowed seven, 24 and 13, but Miami is an offense that has proven to be explosive at times, especially in that Texas A&M game week two. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that North Carolina got. Um, I think his name is is it. Qu- I, I got him on my fantasy team. It's like is it Quez something? Quez Walker. Yeah, who Quez who, Walker is, is eligible who, now. He is, who is a freak. He only had like six catches last week, but that was going to be one um, of their big gets, and he is finally yeah. eligible now. So that gives Drake May a huge threat on the outside, which is something they've been missing all year. They have not had that threat on the outside. You give him that. I, I I'll be honest with you. My score prediction kind of. I was thinking about it. I I don't. I think this is okay. This is going to sound weird, Josh, but I feel like this could be like the the downward spiral of Miami this year. Like you know how Miami always has that game. We've been waiting for it. Like they have that game, waiting for it. Like okay, go downhill. Yeah. So I think this is where they keep going downhill. I'm going to say North Carolina drops a. I think Drake make throws for like 450 yards, and I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see. They're going to put up. Let's go with 45 points, and I think Miami scores 20. It's interesting, man. Um, one other thing that North Carolina has been able to do this year, uh, at least better in the than they did last year, is run the football. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they are. Like, yeah. would it shock you to know that Drake May has only thrown eight touchdowns this season? It is a little weird because I saw that stat line. I was like, that's a little weird. That's a little off putting. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it. Like, this was the kid that had to do everything last exactly. year in order for them to win games but... and run and run the ball last year, which he's not doing a lot this year, which yeah. is smart. Yeah, uh, they actually have a running back that's their leading rusher, so they don't have to ask Drake May to do as much. It's a there's a lot more contributions coming all around, and then like you said, with Tez Walker coming in, and yeah, this is a, a very scary spot for Miami's football team to be in. Uh, it is a similar boat, maybe what Notre Dame is in, where you're coming yep. off a disappointing loss and you want to come back and bounce back. I think they are going to fight. I don't think there's going to be any laydown, but I just I like a lot more of what North Carolina has right now. I'm going to yep. give them an edge here. What, give us a score prediction. Come on, Josh. Just one. Just one score prediction. 
A score prediction? Toss one okay, out there. Well, let me think of one here. Uh, Miami, North Carolina. Well, Miami's offense has been pretty explosive up to this point until they only scored 20 against Georgia Tech. So... Give me a give me a North Carolina victory here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them 38, and I'm gonna give Miami 29. 29. You and the odd numbers. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So we got that one out of the books. What is another game? Maybe there's, I don't know how many more you got. You want to go over, but let's. Well, let's, there's let's only one. There's only one other top 25 right, matchup, it. and it's it's another Pac-12 game where uh, both is. teams have I think one loss at this point. It's Oregon State and UCLA. UCLA is a sneaky good team, by the way. I just want to let people know. They are. They're they're winning in, in ways that uh, Chip Kelly teams typically do not win games exactly. in. Exactly. They're, they're playing good defensive football, and they're getting contributions from the run game, and they're just tough. Like, Wait, what? When Chip Kelly's team tough? Wow. It's tough Chip Kelly time. team, yeah. When, when we seen Chip Kelly at Oregon, we saw fast teams, but we also saw small teams, and we saw teams that could be pushed around. And this UCLA team this year is just – they're coming off a, a gritty win over Washington State, which it, they really made uh they made Cam, Cam Ward, Ward look yeah, bad. Rough, they made yeah. Cam Ward look bad. Yeah. And Dante Moore didn't look spectacular in that game, but they they got they're getting contributions from the running backs. And would it be crazy to say that UCLA looks more ready for the Big Ten than USC? I think UCLA looks more like a Big Ten team now. I if agree. you wanted to Say like, okay, this is a team that looks like maybe what some Wisconsin teams have looked yeah. in the past. Yeah, yeah. Maybe what some uh, Michigan State teams have looked in the past. You know, things like that. Yeah, they're they're definitely uh, playing more of a Big Ten style of football right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Oregon State they're they're definitely a team that you can't overlook either. Um, the one thing about UCLA this. They lost to Utah 14 to 7, so close game there. Uh they beat Washington State 25 to 17. So those are like the the notable games they've played. And I'll give you a quick little rundown of Oregon State's notable games here as well. Let me get that pulled up. Wasn't uh wasn't their loss to Washington State? I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was like the week before, wasn't it? The, the, Maybe the not yeah. too long ago, yeah. Um yeah, they lose to Washington State by three. They defeat Utah by a couple scores, and then they're coming off a, a 12-point win over Cal where they put up 52 points. So it, this is this is going to be one of those close games. I think uh, we've definitely seen more explosion from Oregon State's offense up to this point. So this is going to be another another game where, where UCLA is going to have to like really make, make DJU earn it. Yeah, and I, I think it's really tough for me to go a, a score prediction on here because – what offense we're going to see? Are we going to state? You know, what's the defense going to be like? You know, what are we? What are we going to see? But I'm. I think I'm going to. I'm going to stick with UCLA. I mean, they had a really good win. They're coming off a good win, and I think uh, UCLA pulls one out here. I think I'm going to go UCLA. I think I'm going to go like UCLA 28. I think I'm going to go Oregon State 24. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do think UCLA in their run game at the end of the game, I think maybe just drags this out a little bit and uh, makes it a little bit of a a slow burner at the end. Yeah, Oregon is the or Oregon State is the home team. They're three and a half point favorites. Uh, but yeah, I think that I might go ahead with a uh, UCLA and and the road upset right here too. Nothing, nothing too crazy high scoring though. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll try to come up with the score here too. I'll say UCLA twenty seven, maybe maybe twenty seven twenty four UCLA. 
Yeah, again, close. I think a close game, but uh, but a game that is definitely, I think, one. I would like to see more out of Dante Moore in this one. I agree. I've been I've been waiting uh, before the season. I said he was going to be the I think the fourth best quarterback in this conference, and Chip Kelly's been trusting him, but it's it's been a lot of everybody else so far winning them games. I'll just yeah. say that. That is true. That is true. Um, so yeah, that that is the crazy game. Uh, all the games that we really wanted to focus on. Now I will say, Josh, you know we could talk about Florida. Oh wait, no, no one wants to talk about Florida. Um, we don't. Uh, Florida is playing South Carolina. Um, it is October, as they say, so it's uh, a dangerous time to play to play those Gamecocks. And and I would say too is that even in the NFL, your Florida Gator brethren is just falling one by one with uh, Anthony Richardson out for now four weeks with a shoulder injury. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. It doesn't really affect me though. <laughs> it doesn't really affect me. Um, so yeah, that that is what we'll go there. But let's let's before we go to the NFL or before we move on to you know baseball or anything, like that, let's just quickly go over not quickly, but we can talk about our power rankings for this week there josh um what do you think uh do you want to do power rankings first should we do power rankings first let's do power rankings first power rankings is gonna so be i will i will re- i will review what josh had last week so josh had texas at one <laughs> uh georgia at two three ohio state four michigan five oregon um, I had Georgia at one, Texas at two, huh? uh, Ohio State at three, Michigan at four, and Washington at five. Josh, has anything changed, and what is it? A few things have changed. Oh, oh, we getting we getting real. Oh, I could see him thinking. He'd been thinking. <laughs> uh, not really thinking, but it's just it's tough for me to to rank Texas, Oklahoma, and That's you know true. you can you can come and hate me all you want for this oh, no, one. But... Please don't. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm putting Texas oh, down from one my. to five. Oh, stop it. No. <laughs> Look, I gave up on Utah too early last year just because they lost the game. I'm not making the same mistake this season. That could be the only loss Texas has all year. They oh could still God. finish the season 12-1 and one as a Big 12 champion, uh-huh. beating Oklahoma in the rematch. Uh-huh. Okay, I think that's still something very realistic that could happen. What are the odds that Dylan Gabriel comes up and has another major game? That is yet to be decided. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave tech, put text, leave Texas in my top five, oh, but at five. Oh my goodness! Well, this is five. a power ranking, not an AP I, poll. Yes, remember? I, yes, I know, I know, I know, Josh, I know. Well, number five for me, and I would, I could have went multiple ways. I could have kept Washington. Um, but I'm kind of doing with the kind of thing I did last week with with you know Dylan Gabriel with Oklahoma, like all these different things. You know, as I was talking about teams, I'm going to put Oregon at at five. Um, now, this has nothing to do really with like against Washington. Oregon's obviously coming off the bye or any, everything like that. But I'm going to say uh, Oregon at five for now. I probably will change after this week. I don't know, but I'm going to believe in Oregon. And I'm going to say Oregon at five. All right, and speaking of Oregon, I'm having Oregon uh, at four right now. Okay, I think I had yeah, I think yeah, I think I had him at five last last week. You had him at five last week, yes. Yep. So Texas obviously dropping down to that five spot. Oregon bumps up there four to four. Well, for number four for me, and I'm probably going to get hate for this, but deal with it. Um, I'm going to put Ohio State at four. 
this is an Ohio State fan, but I I just wanted to point out how this is because I've had people say me that I'm biased. I literally am dropping down Ohio State one. Like I like, and I and I mean this sincerely. I I really believe that, like I, as much as I believe in Ohio State, and I and I really do like. As someone who is an Ohio State fan, I'm I'm looking at it a different lens, and there's a lens that worries me with that offensive line, with that lack of a run game right now. And so for me, I think there are a few teams that are playing better at this moment, a power rankings, as we just said, that are playing better at this moment that deserve, I think, a little bit higher in in these power rankings. So I'm going to go Ohio State at four. All right. Speaking of Ohio State, uh, it sounds like I just Texas is going to offset some of our picks. So I have Ohio State at three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same reasons as you. Um, I think I had them where did I have them last week? Three. Three. Three again. Yeah. Staying at three. Uh some teams are gonna go a little ahead of them, I think, here, but yeah, some some still to be desired there, but I believe in the potential. Yeah, Especially I, I mean, since I haven't seen the defense really yeah. uh, really fail at all yet this year. Yeah, again, that's why I didn't drop them like to five or anything. Like I again, like if the offense would have been like we would have won by one score again and the defense would have played eh, then maybe I'd drop, but the defense played great. I just there's one team that now I'm gonna say about three. <laughs> again, another another one that might rustle some feathers. I'm gonna go Oklahoma at three. Um man, I'm just sticking with it, man, because like I, I stuck out my uh Stuck it out there last week, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I just uh, the way Oklahoma played, man. Th- that was a great win. It was a great win against a, a Texas team. Now, was Texas maybe not maybe not as great as we might thought, but still, great win by Oklahoma. They have a really good quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, and um, I, I just like what they're doing. I like what Venables is doing. I like this style of Oklahoma football. They actually have a defense that is not you know terrible. It's at least decent. Um, so I'm going to put Oklahoma at three and, and see what rolls. I'm probably going to really hate myself after I probably have to move them in a few weeks. But we're going to go Oklahoma at three. All right. Uh, number two for me, um, I think I had Ohio State ahead of them last week. Uh, Michigan now is up to number two. I, Which makes sense. Yeah. I think they're, like you said earlier, I think they're figuring things out. Um, they're entering Big Ten play. And they haven't played a lot of good teams, though, so we're, I think we're still waiting to see that test. So. Yeah, I would like to see them against a good team still, but at least against the bad teams, they're not winning by one or two scores like what USC is doing. They're they're winning these games maybe more so now, like how they're supposed to. Like early in the season, we were like Michigan's only beating Bowling Green like thirty three to seven, but at the same time, the defense is still looking incredible. But offensively, they're they're figuring some things out. So Michigan at two for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you as well. I think uh, Michigan jumps from four to two for me. Uh, their win this past week was was phenomenal. Um, again, uh, this is a high state fan saying Michigan was phenomenal. I never thought I would say that in my life. Um, but no, they've been good. Their their offense is starting to click a little bit. I, I still, McCarthy. This is the thing. I want to see a good defense face this offense and put pressure on McCarthy. I want to see him be under pressure. I want to see him make those tough decisions. I want to see them try to run the ball against a good front seven. I think when they play Penn State and when they play Ohio State, those are the two games that like, okay, if Michigan does this against them, okay, then maybe we're the same. But again, we have to look at, they do not do well in the postseason with Jim Harbaugh. So is this the team that does it? I don't know what to wait and see. But again, I think they're the second best team in the country. That leaves number one. And I think we'll we'll say it on the count of three. One, two, three. We have... Georgia. Georgia. Um, it's just, you know, I kept them there last week. I was like, they're going to be good this week. And they demolished this past week. So give your they thoughts. They did, on man. Yeah, it's 
we had kind of been leaving them at one most of the season, yeah. just out of respect for being the two-time champ. And we're like, okay, well, at least on my end, after seeing them almost lose to a couple of teams that probably shouldn't have even been games that were games, I was like, you know what? I kind of like Texas right now. And then uh, Texas shows me a little bit about who they are, and Georgia uh, reminds me who they are. Uh, <laughs> Carson Beck, by the way. I know some people have taken issue with him, but when you got Brock Bowers, Dude, that's looking like, like maybe one of the most reliable targets in college you, football, you just feed that can guy. Can you all imagine? Day. Can you just imagine a scenario where Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison Jr. are on the same team? Oh my! Can you imagine that? <laughs> you put a Mecca Buka in the crazy. slot. Oh, that is scary. That is a scary. Be crazy for sure. Day. Yeah. So yeah, there's our top five right now. I will say, close. I will say with Georgia, I am worried about do they have someone else outside of Brock Bowers? Because if you can find a team that can slow down Brock Bowers, who is that guy? That's the question. And the receiver mm-hmm. tandem, at least in my eyes. Um, all right, so now let's go to Heisman watch list, and I have a feeling there's a lot of movement in yours. Mine, little not shuffling. so much really. Little not shuffling. so much for mine. Mine's a little bit steady. But let's start with you. Let's go number five. Oh, I will read them last week. So last week, Josh had Quinn Ewers, Cam Ward, Bo Nix, Michael Pence Jr., and Caleb Williams. I had Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. Who you got? So we'll kick it off with uh, number five right now, and it's going to – I hate kind of hate doing this, but number five to me right now, I'm going to throw Jaden Daniels in here. That's Actually, that's a solid pick. I, I don't it's, have any complaints with that. LSU has two losses at this point. It is what it is. They might even have four losses by the end of the season, but the numbers speak for themselves. Jaden Daniels is second in the country right now in touchdown passes with 19. He's third in the country right now in passing yards with 1,969. Uh, as far as completion percentage goes, he's he's right up there too. He's completing like 72% of his passes. It's uh, just a little too much to ignore right now. That that completion percentage ranks top 10 as well. So, yeah, it's it's not necessarily uh, the team that's going to help him, uh, at least in this case. But it always seems to be one guy that just his stats are too good to ignore. And yeah, I think Jaden Daniels is that guy right now it was Shadur Sanders for me right now but I think Colorado as the season goes on is going to have too many losses even for the greatest of stats yeah so Jane Daniels could be that yeah I didn't know where to go with with this one and this might be just more of a lottery pick for me and kind of like a throw in there hope that it might get better but I'm going to go Drake May Um, again it's not necessarily his numbers like like you look at the touchdown passes you're like oh wow so many, not many touchdown passes, but this is what he did this past week with now a fully healthy kind of receiver crew and running back room. Um, you're getting this outside threat now. Um, yeah, I just think Drake May is going to be there at the end of the year. He's going to be up in that discussion, and I think right now he he kind of fits in there. I can't put Quinn Ewers there because he lost a very big game and did not look good. So I'm going to go Drake May at five. I almost went Drake. It's just he has half the touchdown passes yeah, that some of these other yeah. guys do. So I was like, that's kind of hard for me right now. But respect it. Number four for me, and as I said earlier, it would happen right after I take him out of my rankings, but I am putting him back. It's still in Gabriel, but I want everybody right. to know that I had him in my rankings before Ben ever even thought about it. I'm just so I love sorry. How you have to, I love how you have to point that out. That, that the fact that I have you to. took him you, out. You, Listen, you took him out and then now put him back in. I see. You come on here and you always remind people when you, when you get things right, when I get them wrong. So I got to go ahead and be in here. 
finding my wins where I can find them. <laughs> it's like last year too, where I started off with Blake Corm in my top five, and then I took him out, and then he ended up being the running back that I really thought he could be. And it's like, yep, he's back in my in my rankings now. <laughs> well, I will tell you, Josh, that Dylan Gabriel is staying at four for me. Again, my the top here is kind of similar, but Dylan Gabriel, I think he did phenomenal. Um, he he's inching closer to getting my top three, um, but I think it's very hard to break those three Pac-12 quarterbacks unless something crazy happens this weekend, which I think will, which will probably drop one of them maybe a little lower next week. But for this now, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, that trio in the Pac-12 that's been at the top of my list pretty much all year, and it's it's staying that way. It looks like number three for me is going to go ahead and stay Bo Nix. I think yeah. once he starts to get in this, the tougher part of the Pac-12 and he starts having to play all four, four quarters, quarters. <laughs> the numbers are going to are gonna match or at least be better. And not that they've been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but he's leading one of the best teams, I think, in the country. And a lot of that does uh, fall on his shoulders. So give me Bo Nix at three. Three for me is Caleb Williams. Again, it's nothing against Caleb. Like, I again, he's the reigning high trophy winner. I'm just I'm struggling to see I guess it, he he looks good like I think he looks good like this past week he looked kind of rough against Arizona he didn't kind of look himself he had three rushing touchdowns but those were kind of like okay you know you get those scores it's it's fine um again it, it's also part of me that I also take the factor in that no one's ever won it two in a row so that kind of plays a factor a little bit for me but really I just think the other two guys have played a little bit better consistently here the last couple of weeks and and it's led their team uh, consistently a little bit better. But again, that's just my opinion. You can disagree with it. There we go. All right, number two, give me Michael Penix. Oh, you are. Oh, you are. You okay. Michael Penix is second in the country in pass yards. Uh, yeah. He is third in the country in pass touchdowns. This is also another thing stat I, I guess to keep an eye on in this Oregon game Michael Penix has actually only been sacked three times this that's year that's crazy Bo Nix also has only been sacked three times this year that's nuts but Kyle besides got the sacked point three times in one game last week so <laughs> but besides the point I that's going to be something interesting who can get after the quarterback a little a little better in that one too because none of them have really been under much pressure this year yeah but yeah, Michael Penix, uh, 74% of his com- passes being completed. That ranks up near the top as well. So, once again, Michael Penix, number two for me. Number two, uh, Bo Nix. Everything you said, I I did of that. I, I think he's he's phenomenal player. Um, it's kind of cool to see him coming from back when he was at Auburn, struggling a lot with the passing and everything like that. And now he looks like a legit quarterback that has a chance to be make a lot of money one day. So, I'm going to go Bo Nix, number two. All right, well, number one, a guy whose name I haven't said yet. I'm sticking with Caleb Williams at one right now. Oh, oh, I thought Comacord. Sorry. Still sticking with Caleb at one. The numbers are still on pace to be better than what they were last year. Leading the country in 22 touchdowns, one interception, over 70% of his passes completed, 1,800 yards, which also ranks top 10. It's just until until he proves to me that he's not or until Michael Penix or Bo Nix are the obvious better pick, I'm sticking with Caleb Williams for now. I'm going to go Michael Penix for every reason you said. Uh, just the amount of his numbers are just phenomenal. Like 74% completion. Do you know how hard that is? That's ridiculous to just have that consistency. Um, also, he's a lefty. I mean, come on now. You can't can't go wrong with having a lefty QB. Um, 
So I'm going to go Michael Pence Jr. number one. That is our power rankings and right. Heisman rankings for week number seven. Crazy. Um, and so we're going to briefly talk about uh, upcoming games in the NFL, and then we will talk about postseason baseball and how sad Ben is right now. Um, so let's just talk about the uh, – why don't we talk about the upcoming Browns game because I think that is an important topic. Because That's the main fans. one. That's the main one. We're coming off the – a bye. The bye week. We didn't lose. And then the, didn't lose. Did not lose. Um, and then the week before, obviously, we're running with our backup running backs and our backup quarterbacks in that one. And it looked like a game ran by backups. And Baltimore controls the game, gets the easy win there. And it could be the same situation once again this yeah. week, except this time. It's going to be against the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. They're, they're good. They just going made, against George Kittle, going yeah. against Brandon Ayuk, going against Debo Samuel, going against Brock Purdy, going against Christian McCaffrey, going against Trent Williams. Nick Boa. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. So much more star power. This one, if Deshaun and, does not play in this one, could be even uglier and unwatchable, Ben. Well, and I'll be honest with you, uh, what they made the made the Cowboys look like is sad. The Cowboys gave up 41 points going into that game. They gave up 42 to the 49ers, scored 10 points. I was watching um, Kurt Benkert. He was a he's a former NFL quarterback. He does like these things on YouTube, like goes through different guys' film. He was just talking about how like this defense is scary and how like they made Dak look like a five year old playing quarterback. And I'm sitting there going like Deshaun, maybe you just don't want to play this week. Like maybe maybe you just get healthy because right now Jedrick Wills Wills cannot he cannot block. He's like got the one of the worst sack rate or like pressure's given up um there's no running backs really like we we haven't found a running game i don't know this game is going to be either fun and a great upset pj walker supposedly is going to be the starter uh who i didn't even know was on the roster until like um now um yeah so pj walker was signed to the practice squad at the beginning of the season and then when deshaun got hurt he got elevated to the roster but they started dtr and now they're saying that instead of dtr they would play pj walker who by the way got cut by the bears in the offseason um had a two million dollar guaranteed money they literally ate that money because he was so bad in preseason that he got beat out by a division two quarterback that is now on the roster of the bears that just shows you how rough his preseason was. So, I don't PJ know. Walker did ball out in the XFL, though. He did because you know XFL is just top of the league right there. Um, no, it, I, it, this game is going to be rough, man. I, again, I think the Browns' defense keeps it close for a while. Like, I think they, I think they, I do that think is they can our, control. That is our saving grace is the defense. Uh, I'm, I still have my no, reservations worried. about no, the rush I, D, though. Yes, I am worried about Christian McCaffrey just eating them for breakfast. Um, but even. Even more interesting, Ben, yes. let me tell you some of the, the gambling lines right now. So even all that said, the 49ers are only a seven-point favorite. The over-under line is 37. So they're is it, thinking... Is it at Cleveland? Uh, it is at Cleveland. Okay, that does give so you they're a saying, advantage. They're saying a 22-15 to 15 final score, which Ooh. sounds incorrect. <laughs> Weird. That's a weird way to say it, but it's just like, dang, I, I can't see this game being 22-15 to 15 if P.J. Walker's our quarterback and Jerome Ford's our starting running back in this one. I guess it's, they really still, Vegas still very much thinks uh, highly of the Browns' defense in this one. Yeah. Because like I you said, the, the 49ers' offense just put up 42 on a, on a also good Cowboys' defense. Yeah. 
Now the Cowboys defense was out with some guys, so again, but still, they they just look bad. Um, but again, it's I love Stephen A. Smith because every time the Cowboys lose, it's actually worth watching ESPN to see him react about. <laughs> yes, it. it's the only time to watch ESPN. But um, no, the in one, general, the one yeah. other thing I will mention yeah. too, after this 49ers game, it's the Colts, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Rams, Jags. So Bears. they do have a favorable schedule after this game. So don't freak out. It's Browns not fans. the worst. Don't freak it's out. not the worst. A loss, no matter how ugly to the 49ers, does not end our season by any means. Yeah. And if, the, if we listen, can if we can get to any kind of form like what we were against the Titans and the Bengals. This is my thing too, we can, Josh. We can handle that stretch. I think if you just like it, I my my I'll ask your stance. My stance on the whole Watson situation is you, you if he's not hundred percent, just sit him out. Do not risk it yes. being a Baker Mayfield situation again. Just sit him out, let him get healthy, and then take what you have to. I've heard people say go trade for Jacoby Brissett because he's not really playing. <laughs> that's a that's a great option. You could do that. Um, what is your thoughts on it? Do you agree with me, or do you feel like he should go out and play? I'm with you. If if his shoulder still is in a situation where he can't throw anything farther than a ten yard pass, like with the Baltimore game, just sit out, eat it. And then if it is a more serious injury, I don't know if it really warrants a trade for a Jacoby Brissett. I still do kind of miss Josh Dobbs, but if it's only going to be another week kind of thing, I, yeah. I don't think that there's any point in going out and trading for a quarterback. Yeah. That's going to make us a little bit better. So let, let me one yeah, week. Let but, me give you your thought then. Give it, give a, give a score prediction. If Deshaun Watson's playing score prediction, if Josh Deshaun Watson's playing <sighs> a score prediction, if he's not playing. If we have a healthy Deshaun Watson and he's playing in this game, yes, I still don't think it's enough to beat the 49ers, but I think I'm feeling a little bit better about myself after watching it. I'm not like that Baltimore game last week where I'm just done at halftime and sleeping through the fourth quarter and just in misery. I think that game is a much more uh, along the lines of a, of a 49ers minus seven, but if we don't have Deshaun in that game, this 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 one could be ugly, Ben. Very so, ugly. So give me your thought. Give me your score if he's in. So because that you say it's gonna be closer. What would be your kind of like your score estimation? Uh, yeah, I I think compared to what we saw last week, Deshaun Watson is definitely worth two touchdowns. So go ahead and give me Cleveland twenty one, but the 49ers I think are scoring about thirty in this one. Twenty eight to thirty. And then if and if they don't and if they if they don't have Watson, you're saying like maybe like a thirty five to like ten score. Yeah, we're scoring like seven if we're lucky without yeah. Deshaun. I I am similar talk. I, I again I'm not gonna be like the the band, you know, the the exciting fan that's gonna be like, yo, we're gonna win. No, I, I think even with Deshaun playing, I I just don't trust the run game right now. I really don't. Um it's kind of weird that both the highest state and the Browns have terrible run games. Oh, it's so sad. Um, but I'm going to go if if Deshaun Watson's playing, I'm going to go 49ers 27, Browns 21. Like I again, I think it's within a touchdown game. I just don't I just don't see them getting over that hump. Um, and I do believe that one of those I think both scenarios, one of the touchdowns for the 49ers will be a defensive touchdown because just for some reason. Um backup quarterback, crazy things happen, yeah. you know. And I'm gonna go if there's a backup quarterback for the for the Browns, I'm gonna go. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. It's gonna be ugly. I think it's gonna be like a 34 to like 
six game or 34 to three game. Like I just, it's hard for me to look and go, yeah, PJ Walker lead us to victory. <laughs> but if he does, right. we will both be here praising next week, praising the Browns and their coaching staff for making the right decision. But I think we're both looking at this as a loss. It'll be, you know, two and three you going into playing Indianapolis who won't have Anthony Richardson, who I think helps you a lot when you're, you're game planning. Um, and maybe it gives you uh, a chance to, to win a few games in a row. Yeah, for sure. Any other big games you want to hit up before we move into baseball? Um, let me give a quick little run through right here. Yeah. None of the matchups when I was looking at them earlier really jumped out to me. What do you we think about what do you, of, what do you think about the uh, Dolphins getting uh, Claypool and then uh, their rookie running back, who's averaging by the way twelve point seven yards a carry, is going to be out for four weeks. Uh, a Chane or a Chane or whatever. De- Devon A Chain, yeah. yeah. Uh, what a clutch pickup for my fantasy football team. I've had him and David Montgomery just putting and up now you're not points have between them, and yeah, I'm not going to have them. So hopefully Saquon Barkley can get back and being healthy because that's the whole reason I signed A Chain to begin with, but. Yeah, I think we got a lot of mid-offs this week in the NFL, Ben, and maybe there'll be uh, competitive, exciting games just because of that. But the ones that, I guess, jump off to me that are like, okay, that could be interesting are the Bucks and the Lions. Oh, that's a good one. Lions, by the way, congrats there, Aaron Lynn. You got a winning program. You got a winning team. Mm-hmm. Bucks and the Lions. So I'll go ahead and throw them out there. And then uh, – one other one, I guess, is the Monday night matchup with Dallas and the Chargers, just to see, I guess, how does Dallas respond after that that beatdown that they took from the 49ers in primetime the week before. Honestly, yeah. that's those are the only two that I'm like, oh. yeah, these ones kind of could be fun to watch. But Yeah, I think it's one of those down weeks. I, I really I looked around at the games. I don't see any games where I'm like, man, this is like worth me sitting down and watching for three hours. Um yeah, it is not. I mean, I was shocked last week when the Steelers beat the Ravens. Did not see that coming. Um, There's going to be a one or two matchups like that that we yeah. didn't see coming for sure. Yeah, and that's that's going to happen. Um, question is, do you think the uh, the Bears have found themselves a little bit? Do you think they they've they've Justin Fields? Do you think he's starting to prove that he's maybe not the the bust that people are talking about? Yeah, I, I preface that Justin Fields is maybe proving he's not the bust, but the overall team is okay, yeah, that's still one and four. But the good news is the Vikings are also one and four and don't have Justin Jefferson and playing this, this game. And fun fact, uh, Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards, career receiving yards than any other anybody in the, the Bears have ever had. Like any receiver in their career has never had more than Justin Jefferson, which is yeah. very sad. But even if you look at the Bears, um, Justin Fields, by the way, is on pace to set a lot of um, very good career highs um, and probably could lead the NFL in a few categories if he keeps his pace, which I don't think he will because they'll figure out that he throws it to one player and that's it. One player, yeah. And then he's he's gotten some pretty favorable matchups, I'll say, too, yeah. against some defenses, yeah. not so great defenses. So That's, that's good. Happy also, for the kid, though. I also saw that uh, Sean Payton uh, and the Broncos have lost to their two former head coaches, a former – uh, defense coordinator and uh, a former ball boy. That's who they've lost to this year. That's correct. How bad they are. Very bad. And they beat Chicago on a last second kind of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was a, a sad one to, I guess, see how it panned out because Chicago started off so hot in that one. And man, yeah. What, what, what a day. That's pretty much, yeah, I think that wraps up everything NFL that. 
Well, that wraps up in the NFL, but you know what? We would talk about NHL, but neither of us have really paid attention other than knowing that it started. Um, so we are going to talk about baseball and Josh, I'm, I'm as we speak, today. as we speak right now, Ben, the Phillies are up four to one on the Braves in the third. And would this be the win? This would, would this win the series? This would put Philly up two to one in the division okay. series. You got to win three games. That's true. Um, but all I do know is that, uh, Josh, I'm a little depressed about my pick for the world series to win. Um, very ashamed. I do apologize to the world for assuming that a team who is always known for losing would somehow decide to go and win the World Series because, you know, I am a Reds fan, so I do know how that feels. Um, but yeah, the Baltimore Orioles were knocked out, getting swept by the Texas Rangers. There's a very good chance that we see a all-Texas ALCS. It is possible. Uh, the Astros are up two to one yes. uh, right now. Maybe when this comes out, uh, they do play the Twins tonight, and that series can be a wrap. Uh, the Astros are my pick out of the American yes, League. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Let me know but about it. I wanted. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know a little bit about it. I mean, uh, they sure. haven't been the most, <laughs> the most glamorous team to watch all season. Ninety wins. They've dealt with their injuries, but they just got that experience in the playoffs, man. And. Air Jordan Alvarez is putting on a show so far, batting over 500 right now in the playoffs and hitting dingers and just just looking good, man. Everybody else on that pitching staff, too, that maybe hasn't been the best this season. Framber Valdez, I I like that dude. I like Javier. I like Verlander. Um, The Twins have put up a fight, I'll say, though. They're young. They're young. Yeah, and watching Carrera, a former Astro, make some plays on him too. It's it's been kind of like a fun little villain on the other side to make that series a little more interesting. Uh, also tonight, Ben, uh, the Diamondbacks could put the Dodgers away, and Which the is biggest question: choke, choke, choke. That's what we talk. Big talk choke. About. Will the Dodgers have a starting pitcher make the third inning, Ben, this postseason? No, because so far they have not. No, this is my question though to you, Josh. Is this now going to be the norm for the Dodgers? They win 100 games or so in the regular season, and then they just they can't make it out of you know the first round. Like, is is this what we're now looking at um, for the Dodgers? Because that, that's where I feel like they've been, and I, I don't know if it's changing. Yeah, I think this season the Dodgers uh, overachieved. I agree. And yeah, just just moving on from some guys like Trey Turner and Bellinger and Justin Turner. Uh, they've dealt with their fair share of injuries. They've had some new kids on the block that have panned out pretty well, like James Outman, but still managed to win 100 games somehow. And not that they are a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just kind of like, I don't really believe you're a legit 100-win team. Yeah. And not that I thought the Diamondbacks were going to be the team that eliminates them. They, and I mean, they barely made the playoffs, the Diamondbacks, if you look. They did. And and I've had my gripes about Dave Roberts as a manager. I think he makes some pretty stupid decisions sometimes. But if you're starting pitchers like Clayton Kershaw can't even get you out of the first inning, it's like, what else can you do? Yeah. You know, so that's, uh, yeah, it's the Dodgers. I'm sure they'll they'll figure out a way to spend some money and get some more superstars over there again. I mean, you got Mookie Betts and you got Freddie Freeman, which is never, never a bad thing, but yeah, it's a, it's a sad time to be a Dodgers fan right now. That's for sure. And, and even the Braves, like your team that you chose to win could be on the brink after today on the brink of elimination, possibly shut out game one, uh, something that they hadn't, that they haven't been all season is shut out and come right out the gate. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, I mean, they they ball out in the playoffs, simple as that, pitchers for the Phillies. But the other thing about the Phillies, too, 
kind of a similar situation to what the Astros have been, where we're, we've just been waiting for some of these guys to just step up and be who they are. Like Trey Turner, been kind of underwhelming most of the season. JT Real Muto, kind of underwhelming most of the season. And, I mean, Schwarber, we know he hits home runs, but he strikes out a lot and didn't even bat 200 this season. That's who you got leading off for you most of the time. But all of their superstars are showing up. They did show up at the end of the regular season to make sure they stayed into the playoffs. What about and that? They that definitely double play? showed up, and yeah, they definitely showed up so far. And that double play uh, to that uh, that game where uh, who was it? Oh yeah, it was the Braves that made that double play at last game where they caught it and then threw it back in the infield and somehow got a double play, which was a phenomenal play, and it kind of saved where they were going in that series. Yeah, so it's like if if you look at it this way, if you could tell me like, yeah, the Phillies, like all their superstars are actually going to play like superstars. Then it's like, okay, this is going to be maybe a series that goes to five games, but it's just the way that Atlanta played all year with the run differential and the dominant pitching yeah. and the dominant batting with Olsen and Acuna leading most of the league in all the main statistical categories. It was like this team just you know looks incredible. 104 wins they got, I think was their regular season total. And what version of the Phillies are we going to get? And it's, looking like the the Phillies that were at least the team that made the World Series not too long ago. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a phenomenal time to look at. And again, we will continue giving you updates on baseball and so on as we go through. Um, nothing crazy in soccer, but there is something that I did want to just mention. Uh, did you know, Josh, that the Olympics have approved to have baseball, softball, cricket, I believe, and flag football? is going to now be approved in the Olympics in 2028. Maybe Coach Bowden could take the Hungarian flag football team to the Olympics. Wouldn't that be and, a podcast episode? I'll fly you out. We'll do a little thing in L.A. Man, we, we would have a great time. And you might actually get met by some NFL guys, too, because Tyree Kill came out and tweeted, I think, pretty soon after this news was announced of can you imagine Maybe recruiting though? a team together? And I'm like, we're actually going to get NFL guys that want to play in this. Can really? you imagine if you got an NFL team versus a bunch of like countries that you know have don't have the same type of athlete? Just imagine. It'd be like the '92 oh, Dream word. Team, dude. Be not even fair. Um, but yeah, I know like um, uh, Javale McGee plays flag football. I think kind of yes, professional flag football. Which uh, can you imagine a six foot ten dude playing flag football? I can't. Um, it is, it is phenomenal, but uh, that is happening. So that is news that I've shared on our story. But again, uh, we hope you're having a, a fabulous time. And also, I never mentioned this. This is like episode like 105, I think, or 106. I think it's 105. We never celebrated episode 100, you know, like five weeks ago. <laughs> and I mentioned that to Josh, like after I recorded everything. Um, but we do want to say thank you for these 100 plus episodes. Um, I want to thank Josh for joining in. I think like episode 20 something he joined in. Um, it's been absolutely phenomenal. I hope you all have loved it. Um, Josh, I know you've loved it. Uh, it's been kind of fun to rekindle that that old university radio kind of style of show. Um, how do you feel after over, you know, like 100 episodes? It's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess I'm just happy that we've been able to be uh, consistent for the past year too, even being in different time zones and me going through different jobs and you even adding on like coaching your plate and stuff. And we're still finding a way to make this work once yeah. a week. So it's thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. It's phenomenal. Again, check us out uh, all over social media. And again, I'm, I'm coach speaking of coach. I'm wearing cowbells gear today. So 
if you want to come watch a game, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll shoot you the link and uh, you can check out our games online. But uh, anyways, we hope you had a, f- a fantastic time with us today. If you've enjoyed watching this on YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. That allows us to see that you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the content. You want to see more of the content. What other things maybe you want to guest on? Let us know. Um, but no, maybe we'll have my dad on again. No, we don't want that. We really, I don't <laughs> know if we want that again. Um, but uh, no, we we appreciate you listening and watching. And if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you share that link with friends and family. Let them know what's going on. Like, hey, the Baseline Podcast is where it's at. So let us know um, in the comments below what you have enjoyed so far about our 100 plus episodes. What are some things that you would like to see in the future? And as always, we'll see ya. Thank you.